Web 2.0. Innovation. Trend. Collaboration. Software. Got the world turning as fast as it can? Hear how technology can help, legally speaking, with two of the top legal technology experts, authors, and lawyers, Dennis Kennedy and Tom Mile. Welcome to the Kennedy Mile Report here on the Legal Talk Network. And welcome to episode 163 of the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Dennis Kennedy in St. Louis. And I'm Tom Mile in Dallas. In our last episode, we debated whether the pen or the finger was mightier than the keyboard. In this, the last episode we'll record in 2015, we decided not to give you the normal technology gift list, but a whole bunch of useful technology tips that you can use for yourself either after or maybe even during the episode and and some of our best tips from uh, 2015. Tom, what's our agenda for this episode? Well, Dennis, uh, like you said, in this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, we'll be offering tips, tons of technology tips. In our second segment, we'll kind of step back from those tips and talk about how and where we find our best tips, where you might be able to find them. And because we can't put it down, uh, as usual, we'll finish up with our parting shot. So you'll get one last tip, one tip website or observation that you can start using the second this podcast is over. But first, let's talk about our favorite tech tips from 2015. It seems like every tech conference and even non-tech conferences like to offer tip sessions to lawyers. Uh, And and my experience has been that every tip session I've been in has been, if not standing room only, then at least very crowded. So, Dennis, maybe maybe it's worth taking a minute before we start talking these tips about why 60 tips in 60 minutes or 30 tips in 30 minutes presentations are so popular with lawyers. Well, and to a certain extent, lawyers do have that diminished attention span that uh, we're famous for. So that's that plays a, a part of it, I, I think. But I think over time, um, and we're in another period like this where there's so much difference in the, the sort of level of technology use and the level of technology knowledge, it's hard to to hit the sweet spot in a, in the audience when you're talking about technology, and then and it's definitely impossible to to bring the whole audience with you. Uh, so the tips thing works well because you're spending about a minute. You're offering something useful and practical, concrete that somebody can use. Uh, you take a minute to describe it. Uh, the audience can decide whether it's helpful to them or not. Uh, they can make a quick note uh, and and often take away three, four, five things that are really useful to them. Out of out of that uh, sixty minutes, it's fast paced. It uh, you know, and like I said, the main thing I think is practical, concrete information, often uh, with with immediate res- results for for people. And I think as a speaker, Tom, uh, the tips thing is great because. Uh, you're usually on a panel. Uh, you're responsible for twenty or fifteen tips uh, a minute apiece. You don't have to do a lot of a lot of prep. It's fun. The audience, you know, you get a big audience, and the audience likes what you do. Is uh, have I kind of covered the the highlights of why lawyers like tip sessions? I think you did. I mean, I, the only thing I'll add to that is is that sometimes I I, I enjoy giving tip sessions. But um, sometimes it's hard to come up with tips that are brand new. And I don't know about you, but but sometimes I struggle. In this list that we're about to give of the tips, some of them I've talked about on the podcast. Some of them we've talked about on podcasts in the past. I think they're still important, good tips. I hope I'm not uh, uh, saying things to our listeners that they've already heard before. But I think that's sometimes a challenge of, of, of being able to give good tips. 
Yeah, and I just and I would say the other thing I've noticed is that I recently did a tips session where it was fifty apps, sites, and tips in fifty minutes, and I, <laughs> and I think part of the thing there is there's this overlap between uh, different things. So you're trying to say, well, I get an audience that you know. They're Windows users and a bunch of different Windows versions, uh, people using different types of laptops, desktops, people using Macs. And so uh, it's hard to, to divide out sites, apps, and tips. And so combining them all together makes it easier as a presenter, but I think, again, leaves the, gives the audience a, a number of ways to, to, to move forward. But let's jump in right away with the, the, the tips, Tom. And I'll start us off by... Uh, by something that was emphasized to me by Ben Short, a presentation on OneNote I saw this year. And I've been looking at ways to use OneNote more, which is a Microsoft, uh, to me, a note-taking uh, tool. And uh, Ben emphasized there is something called the docked view in, in OneNote. And that allows you to take a, a OneNote page and put it on the side of your screen, or you can even put it on a second screen if you have multiple monitors, and it stays up all day long, sort of docked to the side of your screen. And you can just use it the way I do, which is if something comes up where I have an idea, something I want to write down, a phone number comes up, something I need to remember, I throw it into that, that sort of row rolling OneNote uh, docked view document. And I can see that every day. And I just make it chronological. I just put a date and I throw stuff in and it's searchable and it's usable in a lot of ways. I can pull stuff out of there if, if, I, if need be. I can clip, uh, you know, web pages or other things into that thing. And it's really handy. And I think it's a great use of, of a second monitor as well. So a couple of these tips, I'm going to follow up with you on on uh, the topic. And so for, for my first tip, I will talk about the virtues of OneNote versus Evernote. I know a lot of lawyers are, are trying to figure out what note-taking app. They go back and forth. They look at things on the iPad. Uh, I, I've generally um, had lawyers kind of standardize on on one of the two, either OneNote or Evernote. I, I've really come down on the OneNote side. I think uh, they both have a lot of qualities that make them worthwhile. One, they're on all platforms, which to me is one of the major uh, pluses of a tool like this. So you can get it no matter what type of computer or mobile device that you use. I just think that OneNote tends to be a little bit stronger and fuller featured. You can create separate notebooks that have tabs uh, it, it, the layout is just a little bit friendlier and probably a little bit more legal looking than in OneNote. I mean, than in Evernote. Uh, one of the things that I like though is the tagging capability. Uh, you can tag individual notes in Evernote, but in OneNote you can actually tag separate lines of text, and so you can have multiple tags within the same notebook or the same note even. So I, I, I really do, and that the docked position it just is one more plus uh, to, to to liking OneNote. So I, I really do prefer OneNote. OneNote to Evernote. And then the, my second tip, Tom, is something that listeners of the podcast won't be surprised by because I think I've called OmniFocus a life-changing application for me. But I think uh, a really strong to-do list or task management tool um, is essential for lawyers these days to kind of keep on top of all the different projects and all the different things that you're doing on a, on a daily basis. And for me, OmniFocus is is the one that I use. It's on my, my Mac. It's on my uh, iPad, it's on my iPhone, and, uh, and and it's great. It just gives me a lot better control of what's going on in my day and in, and all the many projects I'm involved in. So for me, it's time to focus because I think it's a really strong, deep 
program. But I think uh, any really good to-do list is going to make a difference for a lot of lawyers. And, and to follow up on Dennis's OmniFocus tip, I will agree with him in part that a to-do list is essential. And there are a lot of great ones out there. OmniFocus is a terrific tool. My one gripe about OmniFocus is that it is Mac slash iOS only. It doesn't cater to Windows or the Android faithful. And, uh, and so that's why I tend to look for a to-do tool that will cross multiple platforms because I work on those platforms. Um, I really prefer Todoist. Todoist I like a lot. And it actually works um, in, in a certain way, similarly to OmniFocus, in that you can, if you're a fan of getting things done methodology, you can implement me- getting things done by labeling your task with a certain context. So here's what I get done on the phone. Here's what I get done in the office. Here's where I, here are the errands that I need to run. The thing that makes uh, something like Todoist valuable to me is, is that I can create separate lists for the different projects that I have or the different clients that I'm working for, and then I can combine that into a single view. I can filter that view by things that are priority one, that are due today, that are priority two, that are due in the next week. I can combine that and filter that in multiple different ways. So like Dennis said, uh, having a to-do application, I think, is really a must-have for lawyers to keep up with what they're doing. Um, find the tool that you like, but uh, but for me, it's really Todoist. Then I, my most surprising, at least to me, tip of the year was how I've have gone to, I've come to really like keyboard shortcuts. And um, this is a surprise to me in in many ways. But I think if you find maybe, say, four to eight keyboard shortcuts that you use on a regular basis, it can make your life a lot easier. Um, So, I mean, the the normal sorts of things would be Control-C to copy, Control-X to cut, Control-V to paste, uh, Control-P to to print, um, you know, and Control-Z to to undo. And I think that if you have a little bit of repertoire of of those, uh, that I I think, and and you don't need to have that many, but for some reason, even though you can do the same thing by drop-down menus or right-clicking, those... Those keyboard shortcuts can make a lot of difference. And you also can do some mapping to those, like even the control V for for paste, you can you can map it to do a paste special. Um, you know, so so you have some options even within those. But I'm just I've just been surprised last year how I've I've gone back to keyboard shortcuts. So we've talked a number of times, we talk, we've talked on this podcast many times about the cloud and about using file transfer services like Dropbox and Box and all of those. And I still, at every time I give a presentation, will get asked, but what about the security? And I think that, uh, frankly, I think the security question is already answered. But if security is still an issue for you, then and, and you're a solo or a small firm, and you can really even be a larger firm, then creating your own private cloud really ought to be an option. It should be on the table for you. And uh, I for, for for my purposes, I use the file transporter. File transporter used to just provide uh, you with a sort of solo or small firm options. So the version I have is a terabyte hard drive that sits on my desk in my office. It has a wireless device connected to it that, uh, that when I connect it to my Wi-Fi, I download the software to my laptop, to my phone, to my iPad, and I can access my files from anywhere in the world just like I would through Dropbox or through 
through box, but they're all sitting here on my desk. They're not trusted to someone else. They're not on someone others, else's computer in another location. Um, they've really branched out. They've, they're offering uh, large servers for um, bigger firms uh, at, at obviously much larger prices. Uh, but I think, frankly, if uh, using a tool like Dropbox or Box is not something you want because of security purposes, look at something like the File Transporter because I think it's a really great option that keeps your documents safe and secure. Uh, real simple one that I, I don't think people uh, use enough, and that's the the Microsoft Options menus. Um, so if you drop down the file menu, it, this will vary a little bit depending on which version you're in. But if you, you drop down the file menu, you're going to see something called Options. And there's a bunch of default settings that's really easy to tweak. And it can be things like the the automatic replacement. It can be you know how you do spell checking, things like that. Uh, where you which is your default uh, uh, directory you save to? Uh, just spending about five or ten minutes in there uh, is is will be amazingly helpful to you. So real simple. Uh, you can customize to your heart's content in a lot of ways, but you can definitely pick up a few things that will make your life a lot easier. So at the end of the year, I wanted to give a recommendation on the best tablets for lawyers to have, although I suspect that most of you have already made a decision uh, about a tablet one way or the other, and so this may come too little too late for everybody, but I think that there's two kinds of questions you need to ask. So what's the best tablet first for productivity? If you want to get things done and, and, and actually be productive, uh, I, I still think that the Surface tablets are the best. They run full versions of Windows, which means they run full versions of Microsoft Office, Adobe Acrobat, just about any software that you'd want. Uh, I, 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 what I've seen with, with people and the reviews coming out about the iPad Pro is that they are definitely devices that you can get more done than you could before. But most of the reviews I've seen still say it's not quite a laptop replacement. That said, a lot of people think they that that's all that they need, really. They don't need all the bells and whistles. And if that's the case, maybe the iPad Pro is a good productivity tool. Where I think the iPad Pro excels is for litigators, is in the courtroom as a tool that you can now, with the side-by-side, -side, with the split screen, you can set up both your questions and your evidence presentation tool and you can present like a pro in trial on your own and so I, that's my recommendation is for productivity if that's your goal Windows Surface tablets the Surface Book or the Surface Pro 4 if you're going to be a litigator have that iPad Pro to go into court with you may still need a laptop but I think the iPad Pro is going to do you a better job than anything else in court and I, I really like screen capturing. I think this can be really helpful when you're you're troubleshooting something and you can take a screen capture and send that to somebody uh, if, if you have a help desk or somebody who's, who's helping you out. Uh, if you're doing presentations, you can capture websites, screens, uh, do all sorts of things. There's a whole range of, of doing these things. You can do, uh, you can capture screenshots off of, of your phone, off, off an iPad, off your computer. Uh, I love the, the keyboard shortcut alt and then the print screen button as a way to, to grab sc screen captures. And if you want to have a lot of control and be able to do a lot of things, then a program like Snagit is, is really awesome. Once you have, you realize you can do this, it's sort of amazing all the, th the uses you can come up just for screen captures in, in a lot of different things that you do. 
One of my favorite new apps is called Nuzzle, N-U-Z-Z-E-L. And Nuzzle's purpose is to help clue you into what your friends find interesting on social media. So when you start Nuzzle up, it'll ask you to plug into both your Facebook and your Twitter account. And then what it will show you each day is it'll show you what your friends shared. So it'll basically it'll put, pull to the top the most popular stories that your friends shared. And then you could actually go one level out further to say, well, what did my friends of my friends share? So I have found that that's the best way to get kind of what the most important news of the day is, at least according to my friends. I get better quality stories through using the Nuzzle app than I would just going out on my own because these are people that I follow and people that I care about what they think. Here's what they think, and here's the types of articles that are important to them. At Nuzzle, N-U-Z-Z-E-L, it's a completely free app to use. I want to call this as sort of non-traditional search when you're when you're doing research. So this will be non-text, non-document, and sort of media search. I'll call it. I love searching podcasts and podcast episodes in iTunes or HuffDuffer or or, or other or in a podcast app to to find specific episodes or even whole podcasts about information or a topic that I'm interested in. I know that other people use that for with YouTube and other video sources. But I, I think that the whole idea of opening up uh, the different sources to research, SlideShare is another one where you can see people's presentations. But you may find, like for me, I love audio. You may find a, a, a better way than just reading text to, to get good research information. So the uh, most recent ABA Legal Technology Resource Center survey stated that 29% of lawyers still use no security when they're accessing Wi-Fi in a public location. So 29% of lawyers at Starbucks on Wi-Fi are subject to being hacked. And I, but both Dennis and I know folks who can do that, who can sit there and hack you while you're sitting there on public Wi-Fi. There is no excuse to use a virtual private network or some other security to secure yourself while you're using public Wi-Fi. A VPN is a very easy tool to install. I use a tool called ProXPN. It's free to use, but you can get better service if you pay for a yearly fee, which I think is something around, I can't remember the total cost, maybe $30, $40 a year uh, to, 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 uh, to subscribe to it. Um, I start it up whenever I'm on the road. It creates a secure tunnel connection. Uh, it, it worked when I was overseas because I was able to access, um, it, it, it thought that I was, uh, the, the network thought that I was dialing in from Dallas or Los Angeles or New York instead of where I happened to be. I, when I traveled in China and I was subject to the Great Firewall of China and I could not access a whole lot of sites, I was able to use the VPN to actually get out and, uh, and, and, and because it thought that I was dialing in from Dallas and it didn't really recognize that I was in China. So uh, a VPN is good for a lot of different reasons. Security is the most important. ProXPN is one, but there are a lot of good tools out there that can help. I'm sort of a headphone nut, uh, and and so I, I really like headphones, and, and I think there's a lot of different headphones for different uses. If you're a real extreme headphone person, innerfidelity.com is, is the place to go. But there's two types of headphones that I, I want to mention this tip. One is the noise-canceling headphones, especially if you fly a lot. I, I like the, the Bose uh, QC25 over-the-ear ones. There's also QC20, which is in-ear, depends on your preference. And I'm also really liking Bluetooth headphones 
headphones uh, for when I when I work out. Uh, so I have a, some new uh, Power Beats, Beats by Dre, that are Bluetooth that work really well. They get they have uh, earpieces that make it so they stay on your ears when you're working out. Uh, so lots of great headphone choices these days. But noise canceling and Bluetooth headphones, I, I think, are really helpful. So Dennis has mentioned several times on this podcast liking a tool called HuffDuffer uh, that you can basically create your own podcast feed of, of, of audio files that you find on the internet that you want to listen to, but they don't have their own podcast feed. Uh, I, I recently came across a podcast that was on the, that was uh, posted to SoundCloud. Uh, I, I really wanted to listen to it, but I, didn't, I wanted to listen to it on my phone, and I wanted to listen to it in my podcast app. And so I tried HuffDuffer. HuffDuffer did not work on that SoundCloud file. I can download that file uh, to an MP3, uh, and, and I was trying to figure out the way to do it, and unfortunately, I kind of gave up before I discovered JustCast, J-U-S-T-C-A-S-T, and what it does is it turns one of your Dropbox folders into a podcast RSS feed. So it plugs into your Dropbox account. Uh, when, when you add, a, uh, when you add a, a, a file to that, uh, it will actually create a feed for you that you can subscribe to in any podcast client, and then it will go and, and grab those fold those files from your Dropbox folder uh, when it listens to them. So I think I've solved the problem. Just cast. It's a free download. And just one word on one uh, password. Tom, password managers essential. Well, I'll I'll agree with that, and and well, maybe you've just stolen my follow up tip from you, which is which is that it's not just one password; it's any password. Using a password manager is absolutely essential, no matter what. And I guess maybe I'll add to that by saying, in addition, having a password manager, you really owe it to yourself to enable two factor authentication for uh, for the major sites that hold your substantial information. So my Gmail account, my Dropbox account, my Amazon account now has two factor authentication. Um, I've set two-factor authentication up on everything. It trusts some of my computers, so it doesn't ask me all the time. On my phone, though, it will usually ask me for a code, and that's why having an app like Authy, A-U-T-H-Y, or Google Authenticator, I really tend to prefer Authy. I think it's a better a better product, um, are great apps for your mobile devices because they can hold all of your uh, two-factor authentication codes, and they can be available to you anytime, even when you happen to be offline. And, and it's also worth mentioning, Tom, I think that having that password manager on your phone will give you a lot of benefit because then your all your passwords are securely with you all the time and you're checking in a hotel or whatever else you're doing and you you need a, a username and password, you, you have it right there. Uh, I think one of my big tips this year, and, and I think you agree, Tom, is this Amazon Echo and the whole new world of digital assistance and having a... Uh, a device that you can speak to that will provide information and do simple things for you is is really uh, a cool direction things are going. Yeah, and and what I've learned about the Echo, I, one of the nice things about having the Echo is uh, is each week we get an email from Amazon that says here are the new things that Amazon can do, and it's not just things that they've enabled, but it's things that other people out who have their own Echoes have learned what to do with them and have modified it and have have have, have found new uses for it. I think it's really nice. I, I wish there would be. A, 
more of an online community to do this than just uh, these emails. But I think that's really nice. And and my tip for the Echo is you can actually go in and train your voice on the Amazon Echo. You can go in to the app and it'll train your voice. And so if it's having trouble hearing the things that you're saying, you can actually go and get it to recognize your voice a little bit better. Now, if you're the not the only voice, then maybe this isn't the right thing. But if you're the only one using the Echo, there's really no reason not to have it understand your voice as well as it can. I have a tip on just overlapping cloud backup, I call it. And Tom, you touched on this a little bit, but my notion is that you have a Dropbox account, you have Evernote, you might have an iCloud account, you might have uh, a, another backup account, you might have a Microsoft account that gives you a certain amount of of storage. You know, Google Docs might be, or Google Drive might be another place that you can store things. And so I think the notion of saying, let me kind of develop a, a portfolio of backup where I keep, I keep my documents in a number of different places and it really lets you diversify your backup Backup, give you more protection, and will help you uh, not lose things and to access them when you need to. So another thing that I, I really like is, I, and, and I want to do more of on my blog, is the ability to create polls and to have people answer polls very quickly. But polling software, we've done a podcast on this, it's expensive, it's difficult sometimes to implement, it's something that you're going to pay a monthly fee for. Uh, there's a new tool called Straw Web Polling. Uh, it really excels in, um, in mobile devices, but it recently has released the ability to create instant free polls within Google Chrome, Firefox, the new uh, Microsoft Edge browser that you've got. Um, it's a really, it's, 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 it's a lightweight polling tool. It's not fully featured, but if you just want to ask a couple of questions and get polls out there, I think Straw Web Polling is a nice little tool. One of the, I, I got a new computer, a new uh, iPhone recently, and in the process uh, on one or the other, maybe both, I had to reset up Facebook. And I noticed as I was crawling through my new news feed, all these videos just started auto auto playing. And I remembered like how annoying that is and for how long I've had it shut off. And it's difficult to find, but it just, just re reminded me that there are a bunch of settings in Facebook that you can, you can use to make your experience a lot better. Um, and this is going to be true of other social media tools as, as well. But going into the settings, this is worth, uh, you know, taking the time to, to dig through the settings. You can probably find uh, some good uh, either in the, the Facebook help or in on Google. Find find the way to do this because it can vary depending on whether your app or on you're on the uh, the web. But uh, having I told somebody that I did this and they were like, oh, my God, that's the most amazing thing I ever heard of. And I had to show them how to do it. So uh, just remember that there are those settings out there and it can make again, make your life easier and way more pleasant. I agree. Um, so I'm going to make an inflammatory statement to my I, uh, my Mac and my iOS fans out there and, and make the argument that the Microsoft Surface Pen is just plain better than the new Pencil. Uh, it, I know it sounds like sacrilege, but here's my case for that. Uh, granted, the Apple Pencil does great things, and I've heard nothing but just glowing admiration for a white stick that can write really well on an iPad. Um, but here's why I think the Surface Pen is better. One, it has an eraser on it. You'd think a pencil would have an eraser. 
It doesn't have an eraser. The, the Surface Pen, you can actually turn it around and the end of it works as, as an eraser. Recently, though, they've enabled the two buttons that are on the Surface Pen to actually be able to launch any program that you want on your, uh, on your device. So if you just press a button, you can launch any program without hitting a key, without saying a word, without clicking anything with your, with your mouse. I think that's a, a great use of the uh, stylus. Uh, and uh, I, I think that the pen is really a terrific addition to the surface. All right, Dennis, last tip. What do you got? I get the American Bar Association's Legal Technology Resource Center site. Not surprisingly, since I'm the, the chair of the LTRC board this year and you're the, the vice chair, but I, I think between the blog, the survey, and the other stuff that we're doing, it's a really great uh, resource for lawyers who want to use technology better. And my last tip is actually non-technology related. There was an article in the New York Times a couple of months ago that still I still come back to occasionally, and it's just called Stop Googling, Just Talk. And it takes as its premise a survey uh, or, or some, some uh, studies that show that just placing a phone between two people on the table at dinner affects the conversation in a negative way. Uh, we're seeing apps come out uh, that if you happen to be texting and while you're walking or while you're driving, the app apps will actually tell you, stop texting while you're walking or driving. We're starting to see a lot of people. I, w- I found myself at Thanksgiving. I looked around the room and nearly everybody in the room was looking at a screen the whole time. I really like to look at my phone and I really like to do stuff on it, but I am starting to see the negative implications of that. So everybody, please, after this is over, please put your phones down and go talk to somebody for a while. I guess that wraps it up for this. So before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick break for a message from our sponsor. Looking for a process server you can trust? ServeNow.com is a nationwide network of local pre-screened process servers. ServeNow works with the most professional process servers in the industry. Connecting your firm with process servers who embrace technology, have experience with high-volume serves, and understand the litigation process and rules of properly effectuating service. Find a pre-screened process server today. Visit www.servenow.com. And now let's get back to the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy. There's so many tips out there, and I feel we barely touch the surface. People often wonder where we get all the tips that we use in presentations and on this podcast. We thought we'd reveal some of our secrets. Tom, where do you find your best tips? So mine is not really a, a complete secret, and, and we, we talk a lot about how both you and I still rely a lot on RSS feeds, and, and I've, I've been listening in, in the tech media that people, that they've stopped go, looking at RSS feeds for information, and, and they rely more on Twitter uh, to get the news and to get updates and stuff. And to a certain extent, I get some of mine from Twitter, but I will say that the resources that I've subscribed to in my RSS feeds allow me just a, a great cross-section of information. So I'm able to get uh, both legal technology tips from the from all of my colleagues and friends in the legal technology world, but I also subscribe to enough technology blogs, technology news sites, uh, uh, just general technology how-to places that I get tons and tons of tips every single day um, that some are useful, some are less useful, but it's, a I think, a never-ending supply of things that uh, that I could use, uh, and and frankly, I've got it set up to where I all just get it straight coming into my RSS reader. So it's really not too difficult for me. What about you, Dennis? Well, it's same thing, not surprisingly, and, uh, and even a lot more these days from from podcasts. Although the difficulty with 
picking up things from podcasts is if you're in the car or something, it's 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 hard to grab that information and and write it down and and record it or to go back to it and and find it. So that's a difficulty with podcasts. Uh, for the sort of pure technical tips, I love Ask the Ask Dave Taylor blog and the How to Geek blog, uh, which I just have these really good handy tips. I think a lot of the, say, computer magazine sites and, and other other sites along those lines will will provide uh, tips, um, and then. You know, Tom. Frankly, a great resource for both you and me is that we're on, when we're either on a panel or we're listening to a panel of our friends who are doing sixty tips because we sort of see what's new and current and what people find that uh, uh, are both new and what lawyers are liking. So, uh, between all those sources, uh, you're right, Tom. There's there's tons of tips out there, and I, I wish I could implement them all. And and a lot of times I just use the ones that that I've tried that actually stick with me. Which which is why I mentioned that I was surprised this year that it was the keyboard shortcuts, uh, including the Windows key short, but uh, shortcuts that really, uh, really helped me this year. Um, and it was just because I, I tried them and, and they really benefited me. Now it's time for a party chats, that one tip website or observation you can use the second this podcast ends. Tom, take it away. So because you never have enough tips, we'll have a couple more tips here to end it. I saved one of my favorite tips for the last here. Um, I have been waiting for a long time for a scheduling app designed by Microsoft for Outlook. There's lots of scheduling sites out there. Um, Doodle, When is Good, TimeBridge is one that's been around for a long time. They're all third-party applications that don't plug in neatly to an Outlook or to an Exchange account. And I miss that. FreeTime is a Microsoft tool. It's for Office 365 users. I open up an email. The FreeTime app opens automatically within the email. I select a couple of times that I want to, 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 to have a meeting. That email goes out. People vote. It automatically schedules the meeting, assuming everybody can make a specific time. I don't have to do anything. I've only done it twice to schedule meetings so far, and it's worked flawlessly. It's a great tool. Um, it's absolutely free. So if you're on an Office 365 account, um, go up, go to your apps section, and you can actually download and install free time for Outlook. I, I'm going to close with two tips, Tom. One is the I've just uh, posted, but it'll been up for a little while when this when this uh, this podcast goes live. It's my twelfth uh, edition of the Bloggy Awards for best law related blogs that I've been doing since uh, 2004. It's I take an unusual approach this year, and I encourage people to to take a look at that that post, which you can find by uh, doing a search on B-L-A-W-G-G-I-E-S, uh, which should bring it up either the first or second result in, in Google. Um, the other tip I have, uh, I, I wanted to say, because I, I found this recently, it's really helpful to me, but it illustrates how hard it is to do tips. So it's the concept here more than the precise instructions, because everybody's using different devices. Uh, but what I what I like is this ability now to take what's on a computer, on a tablet, or a phone, and using a 
TV device like your Apple TV, Roku, Chromecast to put that onto your TV. It's kind of a cool way to, to show vacation photos to, to a group of people. It's a way to kind of stream uh, video or show slides on, onto a, a TV. And I, I think it really shows the way uh, that you can we can use all these different screens we use and share things between them and and pick the screen that's most useful for the the job at hand. So that wraps it up for this edition of the Kennedy Mail Report. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. You can find show notes for this episode at tcamreport.com. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or on the Legal Talk Network site, where you can find archives of all of our previous podcasts. If you'd like to get in touch with us, please email us at tcamreport at gmail.com or send us a tweet. I'm at Tom Mile and Dennis is at Dennis Kennedy. So until the next podcast, I am Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy. And you've been listening to the Kennedy Mile Report, a podcast on legal technology with an internet focus. Help us out by telling a couple of your friends and colleagues about this podcast. We're looking forward to a great 2016 for the podcast. Thanks for listening to the Kennedy Mile Report. Check out Dennis and Tom's book, The Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration Tools and Technologies, Smart Ways to Work Together, from ABA Books or Amazon. And join us every other week for another edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, only on the Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.